Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study every Sunday morning that coincides time-wise with our regular Sunday morning Bible classes at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Now, we know there are people even in the Omaha area who want to get into God's Word. They want to study. They want to learn more of what God's Word really teaches, but they're not necessarily able to be with us in person at the church building at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We know there are other people who are across the country and literally around the world who want to learn more about God's Word. They want to get into God's Word. They want to get deeper into it, and they want to have a better understanding of what it teaches. Well, we're thankful to have the opportunity and the ability and the means to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis through the medium of the Internet and by means of these podcasts. We're thankful if you're listening from somewhere other than... uh, Omaha, Nebraska, somewhere other than even the United States. We're thankful you're there, and we're thankful that we have the opportunity to be with you through this podcast Bible study. We encourage you, if you are in the Omaha area, come and worship with us in person. Check us out. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. Study God's Word with us. Worship God with us. Grow spiritually with us. We want you to know that our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. Our Bible classes on Sunday morning begin at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30, and then on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock, we come back together for a period of evening worship. On Wednesday evenings, a good time right in the middle of the week to kind of stop and get our spiritual batteries recharged, we come back together on Wednesday evenings at 6.30 for for midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of our services, and we hope you will come and check us out. Now, we want to encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with everybody you can, literally. You may help somebody, well, turn their thinking, their focus in their lives around toward God and His will for their lives. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, and that'll be a great blessing for you as well. Now, also, encourage everybody you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the, on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We keep emphasizing we're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. When somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, and all of our sermons. And in addition, they will receive a Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures. And then what I think is really a gem is we podcast a daily Bible study that's only about 13 minutes long. So it's a short study, but it keeps us in God's Word every day. And that helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow stronger in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And people can fit this short study, only about 13 minutes, into their busy schedule most of the time. So all of that will, and that's called today's Bible class. 
All of that will automatically go to your smart device, whichever one you choose, smartphone or computer or laptop or tablet or pad or whichever one it might be, automatically go there and they'll be there for your convenience to download and listen to when you have the opportunity. So all of that, again, is free. Encourage everyone you can to take advantage of it. We're going to get back into our study from the book of Deuteronomy. We have been working our way through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and now Deuteronomy. The first five books of the Old Testament, commonly referred to as the Pentateuch, and we believe and have confidence that they were almost exclusively written by Moses. Now, when we come to this particular last book among the Pentateuch, the fifth book in, in the, uh, the Old Testament, Moses is portrayed as being with the nation of Israel on the eastern bank of the Jordan River, and they're ready to cross into the promised land, which would become the nation of Israel. At that time, it was still known as the land of Canaan. But they would move across the Jordan River into the, into the promised land and begin conquering that land as the different, the different groups of people, nationalities, would come against them in battle. God would give, them, would, would, would give them victory over those enemies. And God instructed them, in fact, to either destroy those people or chase them out of the land because they were idol worshipers, and they did not believe in God, and if the Israelites would have allowed them to stay, and they started doing business with one another, they started giving their sons and daughters to each other in marriage, God, uh, God through Moses warned them, they're going to turn your hearts. They're going to become thorns in your side. They're going to start leading you into the practice of worshiping idols yourselves as they are doing right now. And so God said, don't let that happen. Either destroy them in battle or else drive them out of their land. Well, Moses is going back over the history, basically, and most of it the recent history over the last 40 or so years of the Israelites as he prepares them to enter into the promised land and begin that, that conquest. He's going back over laws of theirs too, spiritual laws that God had given them through Moses at Mount Sinai. Now, in chapter 5, he went back over the original Ten Commandments that we first read in Deuteronomy, I'm, I'm sorry, in Exodus chapter 20. Well, they're the same Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy chapter 5 as they were in Exodus chapter 20. And I want to do, as we move into chapter 6, I wanted to stop for a moment, and I wanted to uh, emphasize one more verse, or, or maybe just a few verses, toward the end of chapter 5. And in verse 31, God tells Moses, but as for you, stand here by me, and I will speak to you all the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which you shall teach them, that is, the, all the people of Israel. You're going to teach all that I tell you to them. You're going to teach them what I teach you, that they may observe them in the land which I am giving them to possess. Therefore, 
You shall be careful to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live, and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. And so God is telling Moses, you emphasize to the people to keep all of the commandments, to follow all of the teachings and statutes that I have given them through you during these last 40 or so years as they have wandered around in the wilderness, coming to the point of being ready to cross into the promised land, the land that I'm going to give them. I'm going to defeat their enemies before them. But notice the condition here of their way and their future being sound and secure. Again, verse 32, Therefore you shall be careful to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. In other words, stay on the path of righteousness, of obedience. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. As long as they stayed righteous and faithful and obedient before God, God would continue to bless them with prosperity and with security. And they would continue to be able to live in that land as their possession, the land that God had promised to them through Abraham, their forefather, going all the way back to Genesis chapter 12, and through Abraham's bloodline, and now they were the descendants of Abraham that God would, through whom God would fulfill this promise of giving them that land. Well, a lot of people, they think that somehow God holds Israel to this day national Israel in this place of special esteem, and that somehow they're still God's chosen people, and that God's going to, again, somehow bring them into obedience to him. Now, let's, let's make a couple of points here. First, national Israel, almost all Jewish people today, do not believe in Jesus as the Savior or as God's Son. They don't believe in him. Now, what did Jesus say? In John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When the Jews rejected Jesus, do you remember how he lamented over Jerusalem in the New Testament? And he, he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets, how I would have gathered you to me as a hen would gather her chicks under her wings, and you would not and then your land is left to you desolate. He was portraying, he was foretelling, prophesying the fall of Israel. 
the fall of Jerusalem with the temple because they would not accept Jesus as the Savior. And the nation of Israel, as a national identity, ceased to exist for almost 2,000 years. So, also, people who think that somehow the Jewish people are still God's chosen people, and they're going to somehow make it to heaven in spite of the fact that they do not believe in Jesus as the Savior, as the prophesied Messiah, that somehow they're still going to, God's still going to bring them into heaven, even though they're not Christians. Somehow that's going to happen. They need to go back and read these various texts of Scripture that wherein God conditions his continued blessings upon Israel on their continued faithfulness and obedience to him. And they broke that faithfulness. They became disobedient repeatedly on an ongoing basis and ultimately to the extent that they rejected the Son of God as their Savior and Messiah. God's blessings upon Israel were always conditional, conditioned upon their faithfulness and obedience to him on an ongoing basis. They broke that faithfulness. They became disobedient to him. And again, it was a repeated kind of behavior and culminated in their basically wholesale rejection of the Savior. Okay, now let's move into chapter 6. The greatest commandment, Moses says, this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. And so Moses is reminding them, these are commandments that God has given to you through me, that you are to keep them even as you cross over into this land that God has promised you and God is ready to give to you. And it's not going to be just an initial kind of obedience. God expects you to continually be obedient to his commands. In verse 2, Moses goes on and says that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. When Jesus was asked, what is the great commandment in the law? In Matthew chapter 22 and verse 36, he responded in verse 37 by saying, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And that's basically a reiteration of what Moses laid out here, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you. And notice you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. God's continued continued blessings upon us are conditioned upon our continued faithfulness and obedience to him. But notice 
it's not just that we need to take care to believe his instructions, his teachings, his commandments, and keep them ourselves, but we're to teach them to our children and our grandchildren, and of course, the generations on down the line. Our children are to teach them to their children and grandchildren, and their children are to teach them to their grandchildren and gra- to their children and grandchildren, and so on. Now, verse three, Deuteronomy chapter six. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord your God, as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. So again, this is basically the third time within just about three verses that God has has uh, in, instructed Moses to tell the people his continued blessings upon them will be conditioned upon their continued faithfulness to and obedience to him and his teachings, his commandments. Well, interesting again, isn't it? Um, these are the statutes. And I said within about the last three verses, about the last six verses or so. Verse four, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 32. Romans chapter three and verse 30. And we could look at a host of other verses of scripture in God's word that say the same thing. There is one God and only one God. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And there's the ultimate statement of this greatest of all commandments, to love God with everything we are and all that we are. Our lives need to be dedicated totally to God through Jesus Christ. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, not just, not just in an intellectual position within your head and say, oh yeah, I know those, but no, they ought to be within our heart. And that is the sense of we live our lives by these teachings. As I've said many, many times, our faith in God and in Christ cannot be a part of our life. Our faith in God and Christ must be our life. Our lives must be governed and guided and directed by our faith in God and Christ. And that includes, in fact, central to that kind of faithfulness is our consistent obedience to God's teachings, communicated to us in his word. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them in the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, Moses is telling the people, you need to be diligent to continually teach God's word and his commandments to your children and teach them to teach them to, your, to their children and so on all the way down the line through generation after generation after generation. 
And notice the diligence that's emphasized here. You shall teach them to your children, talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, bind them as as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall even write them in the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, that covers pretty much all the time, doesn't it? You need to continually be, be teachers of God's word to your children. My, my, how our culture, how the parents in our land today are falling down on the job flat on their face and not following this basic instruction. Well, you see, it's difficult to teach godliness to children when you're not godly parents yourself. And that is more and more the identity of the parents in our land, in our culture right now. And that's sad, but I'm not exaggerating. That is more and more the case. Parents are ungodly. Parents are unfaithful. Parents are disobedient. So it's natural that the children do not learn obedience and faithfulness and dedication to God from their parents as they're growing up because their parents aren't living that way. We move on to verse 10. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. Now, notice this. This is important. God's going to give them a land that is basically set up for them but they did not do the setting up of all those features. So large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of all good things which you did not fill, hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. How many times do we find ourselves needful of God's special blessings and we will pray to God, perhaps drop down on our knees before him and pray to him for certain blessings in, that, that we need in certain situations in our lives, But then when God blesses us and takes care of those needs, how often do we forget about God? And we go back to our old ways of life, which are largely devoid of God. Moses is instructing, he's cautioning, he's encouraging, he's warning. The Israelites, don't you forget your God. When you have taken the land, when you are enjoying all the prosperity that God has blessed you with, you're living in these cities that you did not build, you're, taking, you're, you're eating from the vineyards and, and the orchards that you did not plant, when you're drinking water from wells that you did not dig and that becomes commonplace to you, don't forget that all of these were given to you as blessings from God. 
You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. You shall not go after other gods, that is, the idols that are in the land which God is giving to you to possess. You're to tear down those idols. Don't get caught up in the worship of those idols. You shall fear the Lord your God, serve him, and take oaths in his name. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are, who are all around you. For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord your God be aroused against you and destroy you from the face of the earth. Now here's the condition again. If you don't stay faithful to God then God's going to punish you. He's going to bring judgment upon you and even destroy you from the face of the earth. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massah. Now, they tempted God over and over again during those 40 years in the wilderness. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, his testimonies, his statutes, which he has commanded you, and you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you and that you may go in and possess the land, possess the good land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to cast out all your enemies from before you as the Lord has spoken. Now there again is the condition laid out. It's laid out here in a short context of, 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 of scripture over and over again. You keep following God faithfully. You stay true to him. Don't get off track so that it will be well with you, and that you may go in and possess the good land and hold on to it, is the, the, the implication as well. When your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is the meaning of the testimonies, the statutes, the judgments which the Lord our God has commanded you, then you shall say to your son, we were slaves in Pharaoh, slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and the Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household. Then he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land of which he swore to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day, then it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to observe all these commandments before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Over and over and over again in this fairly short text of Scripture, Moses emphasizes to the people, stay true to God so that he will continue to bless you in this land that he is giving to you. If you want it to be well with you, on an ongoing basis, generation after generation after generation, stay true to God. But if you do not stay true to God, expect God to bring judgment upon you and even remove you from this land. Oh, how the Israelites needed to learn this lesson. And for a while, they seemed to have learned it well. But within just, it would seem, a generation or two, they apparently forgot the lesson or just kind of started minimizing it in their minds. And God indeed 
brought punishment upon them. He allowed their enemies to conquer them and eventually to remove them from the land that he had given to them. Now notice the emphasis on the diligence that Moses was instructing that they should exercise in teaching their children. If parents don't teach their children the importance of believing in and living by the teachings of God and Christ, then those children, in a great many cases, will not be faithful to God and Christ. And they will face God's judgment as a result. Parents need to take up their responsibilities toward teaching their children about God. We'll pick up with chapter 7 next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us your word to guide us and giving us such clear instruction as to how to live in faithfulness and obedience before you. Help us to learn, help us to pay attention, and help us to always put into practice your word, your teachings, your commandments, and help us and guide us to always remember the importance of teaching them to our children and grandchildren as well, Father. Please, Father, and we pray for those children and grandchildren. We pray for their souls, Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.